Welcome back. You're listening to the Sis You're Doing Okay podcast. I'm your host, Desiree, and you are listening to, wait for it, episode 50. Yes, sis. Not me using sound effects on my 50th full length episode of the Sis You're Doing Okay podcast. This is super exciting to say the least. Honestly, I had no idea that I'd actually still be doing this. And not to mention, on Friday, the 25th, I will be celebrating two years of podcasting. I mean, if we were to record all of my thoughts and musings, we could easily have been into the 500th episode by now. But suffice it to say, we are here. And it's been such a journey of growth, experimenting, And you know what else happened a lot along this journey? (laughs) A lot of failures. I mean, go back to like the first episodes. Can we say cringe? But no one could tell me I wasn't doing something amazing back then. Honestly, I feel like this week's guest is the perfect person to hear from. In a society that expects perfection on the first try, this week's guest is a reminder that sometimes you have to try and try and try and try and try and try again until it just feels right. It was such a privilege to share the mic with her. She came to give and give is what she did. I promise you by the end of this episode, you will have laughed thoroughly, but you will also feel inspired to go after your dreams and goals with a renewed sense of vigor and intensity. I promise. She is known as The people's coach, a daughter, sister, lover of Jesus, wife, and boy mom, times two, connoisseur of coffee, author, public speaker, and an ex-people pleaser. She is releasing a book in March. It is called, Can I Get a Redo? Taking the Shame Out of Starting Over. She admittedly does not have it all together and is very comfortable in the reality that she is still figuring most of life out as she goes. She firmly believes that we are all here on this earth for a reason, no exceptions. And because of that, she says that we should make it a priority to find out what that reason is and then pursue it with everything we have in us. As she's pursuing hers, she is sharing what the journey looks like along the way. Now, to be fair, I want to give you a little bit of a warning. Part of our conversation addresses miscarriage and infertility. And if that's a trigger for you, it's okay to not listen to like the second half of the episode. Honestly, I wish we were sharing this um, episode before a live studio audience because I would tell you to put your hands together as we welcome Dawn Brown to the Sis You're Doing Okay podcast. So Dawn, why don't we start off by you telling people who you are? I am the one named Dawn Brown and I am, oh my gosh, I am so many things. But the first thing I'm going to say about myself is that I am finally okay with who I am. Mm. And that filters into me being a daughter, a sister, a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, and all the other things that all the other hats that I wear. But the first thing I'm going to say is I am comfortable in my own skin. That's mm-hmm. who I am. Yes. So how did you get there? What did you do to get there? Oh, child, that's a whole series, but <laughs> I'll give you the, I'll give you the Coles Nose version. Okay. Um, I lost everything. Mm. That's how I got to this place. Mm. I actually lost all my friends. I lost everything I knew as comfort. I lost um, for a period of time, touch with my immediate family. And I'll explain that because I had to be hospitalized, right? And with the pandemic, there's no visitors, no Mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. So I literally lost everything. Mm -hmm. And all I had was myself Mm -hmm. and the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I had to get very comfortable with just me. Mm -hmm. Because when you're by yourself, if you're not comfortable with yourself, what do you have? That's an excellent question. There's not much else. What do you have? So I had to go back to the basics Mm -hmm. of relying on Dawn. I'm not saying now that I don't have people in my life and I don't 
um, thrive in community and all those things. Mm -hmm. But I feel like those can never trump the relationship you have with yourself Mm -hmm. and the way you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. Because when you go into a situation whole and lacking nothing, you're able to give, Mm. right? And that's what we're actually supposed to be able to do. We're not supposed to always go everywhere hungry. You know, I grew up in a West Indian house (laughs) and my mother always said to me, don't go in nobody's house with your belly in your hands. You know what I mean? Make sure when you go there that you can, you can offer something or that you can wait or do you know what I'm saying? And so I took that analogy and applied it to other areas of my life. Like, okay, I'm going to go to this meeting. Am I going there just to get, get, get and receive? Mm -hmm. No, I'm going there to also give, Mm -hmm. but yes, I will receive. But when you are whole, when you are comfortable, when you are like, yes, this is me, bags under my eyes, stretch marks, overweight, gray hair, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I show up accepting those things. It kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It gives you like this, I want to say swag. Like it gives you a new swag. Like you show up and you're like, I'm here. And before you could even say anything or question me or make me feel bad about myself, let me tell you who I am. I know I have this. Mm -hmm. I know I have bags. I know I'm overweight, Mm -hmm. but I'm okay with it. So Mm -hmm. talk about it if you choose but it's not going to bother me because I'm okay with it. Yes. Yes. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Like when you have, come on, your cup is full. When your cup is full, everything else is extra, right? Yeah. So there's nothing that anybody can necessarily take from you. That is not going to, it's not gonna make you empty. You're not going to be empty because you're already full. And if you spill over, that's the whole point. You're supposed to be spilling over, right? You're supposed to be sharing. I love that you said that. I almost died when you talked about the belly and hand because (laughs) (laughs) deeply resonates. And it's funny because I still even say that to my kids. I'm like, listen, don't go to these people's house acting like we don't feed you at home. Okay. Yes. Do not go eating other snacks and drinking all of their drinks. Just stop. Okay. Don't do that. Yeah. Like you have a snack bag, bring it with you. you know exactly. Like exactly. bring something to give. You understand what I'm saying? So yes. when my son, we go somewhere to someone's house, well, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. you have a snack bag and I put a couple of extra bear paws. So maybe yeah. you can share your snack with the kid just because we go to their house. Like mm-hmm. you said, doesn't we have to empty out their cupboards and eat up all their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like go there to give, you know? And when yeah. we go to give, I find that it's just, I can't even put into words really, but it's just so much better. Like, yeah. It's just so much better. You yeah. walk away feeling like there was an exchange versus a robbing or a taking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And where sometimes mm-hmm. you go to certain places or you have certain people in your life and you feel like every conversation is a depletion. Mm-hmm. Like after you talk to them on the phone or you see them, you're just like, I need a retreat. I need an encounter with the Lord. I need a meal. Mm-hmm. I need a massage. You need something just to just to rejuvenate yourself. You know what I'm saying? A drink of water. <laughs> Yeah, something, 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 a bucket of water, (laughs) but it's like, I like to go, like you said, and feel at least full. So I know when I walk away, Mm -hmm. I'm not depleted. I gave to them out of my extra, Mm -hmm. my cup stays full. And when it's not full, I'm not going. Mm. And that's a a new standard I have set for myself. Mm. And so if I know that I've had a crazy week, um, you know, my husband's self-employed, sometimes he has 14, 16 hour days Mm -hmm. on set. And so if that's the kind of day it is, I don't make plans that night to go and do something with somebody. Cause I'm like, listen, I'm tapped out. Mm-hmm. I work today. I had a five-year-old, a one-year-old, you know, the homeschooling, the work, the everything. I don't have anything else to give. And the first thing I do before I go to bed is I begin to fill myself back up again. That's so important to me because if not, what happens is we are not enough for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then we start snapping at the wrong people. The mm-hmm. people closest to us get the brunt of it. Your kids, your husband, your family, right? And that's mm-hmm. not good. And so I make sure that I'm always full before I go outside of my house to give or do anything, if that makes sense. 100%, 100%. Also, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, <clears throat> this episode is taking a turn. <laughs> Uh, we were supposed to be talking about how to recover when things don't go as planned. But I think that's what you're saying is a good lead into all of that, because um, in order to recover well, you do have to have a place of stability, right? Um, Absolutely. So to me, you epitomize tenacity. Like I have not met somebody. Thank you. You're very kind. (laughs) Like you have maybe had like seven businesses since I've known you. (laughs) Yes. And, yes. and about four or five going, of them are still going. There you go. Right. Adding. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the thing is, even though they may not have been big or industrious, they were yours and you kept at them. And I love to see it. 
Have you always been that way though? Oh, I'm going to say indirectly. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that feeling of keep it going, you got to do it no matter what started as a child where I would not take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I would go to my mom and say, you know what, mom, I really want these tree torns and I'm dating myself by saying that, but that's okay. <laughs> and I want this beaver canoe sweater, you know, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. would just kind of, you know, less if she said no, or she said not now or whatever the case was, I was like, okay, how can I figure out a way to get to yes? And so I'd be like, yeah. okay, mom, so I'm going to do some extra chores mm. and maybe increase my allowance or, you know what, I'm going to bake some cupcakes and sell them in the neighborhood. I'd always find a way to get, what I wanted to get done, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think it just something that was instilled in me. You know, my mom used to always teach me, like, you can be anything, you can do anything you want. Don't let people tell you that you can't be a doctor, or you can't be a lawyer, do what you actually want to do mm-hmm. and try everything. Mm-hmm. That's something that she taught me to try everything. So hence all the businesses I've tried, because she says, you'll never actually know until you try it. Mm-hmm. So even as a child, I was in horseback riding, skiing. I tried curling. I tried hockey for girls. I tried, tried everything at least once Uh to say, "Mm, yeah, not for me, or you know what? Not too bad. Or I absolutely love this. I want to do more. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think the tenacity came from. Like, keep trying, keep touching, keep going until you find it, you will find it, but you have to go out and get it. You're not going to just sit there. And one day this revelation is going to land on your lap of, this is my life's calling and this is what I'm good at. And this is how my business grew. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I think, unintentional on my end, but my mm-hmm. mother probably did it intentionally. I don't know, but she taught me from a very young age, like try everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just, I think that's where it came from. So I think indirectly I was always like that, but I didn't understand that it was tenacity until I got older. Mm-hmm. So now when you're doing all of these different trials and they're up and they're down and sometimes they don't go as planned and sometimes they do. How do you maintain your intensity to keep going? I think at first there's sometimes where I get discouraged, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well that was a failure. Oh, that sucked. You know? And I'll be honest, it wasn't really until I met my husband that he taught me that like, well, you didn't really fail because whatever you're going to do next, you're going to take what you learned from that and move forward. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge gap for me because I was like, no, I go in and it has to be hundred percent successful. It has to work. Mm-hmm. It has to blossom and come to full fruition. If it doesn't, I failed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I don't agree with you because maybe this is leading you to something else. And when you do something else, it will take you to this. And he's right. Mm-hmm. Because even when I think about just so many things that have happened in my life, like where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. it wasn't one thing that got me here. Mm-hmm. It was a series of things, a series of things I've tried. My business, my career, it wasn't just a one thing. I never woke up and said, I want to be a learning and development specialist. Mm-hmm. That's never what I said. I never once said, oh, I want to be a consultant. I never said that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to try this. Oh, don't like it. Oh, let me try to this. Oh, let me try that. And I took something from everything. And so I would say that all of those things combined mm-hmm. kind of help you to get to where you want to be, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes, makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, I had I have a friend that I follow on Instagram and she posted something that said, we're not starting from scratch. We're starting from experience, right? So yep. every time yep. we we don't necessarily meet the goal that we think we want, we're still gaining experience. I love that your husband said that because that's kind of where I am in my thinking right now. Uh, it took a long time for me to get here too, is that failure is not the absolute end of the road at all. No. Um, it's no. actually, I think Winston Churchill, my husband sa- shared this with me. Winston Churchill said that uh, success is going from one failure to the next without any lack of enthusiasm. Yeah. You yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yep, yeah, you keep on going. Yeah. And I think that is where the success really comes because mm-hmm. let's just say that you don't end up being, you know, Apple or you don't end up being, you know, you know, Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. right. But what mm-hmm. did you do? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. so your success is opening up a door for your children, opening up a door for someone else mm-hmm. or showing someone else that can actually be done, whatever that is, whatever your purpose is or whatever you're here. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like you said, like, taking from it and moving on, you know, um, in the corporate world, they call it uh, transferable skills. Mm-hmm. So even though you may have been in customer service and now you want to be in, you know, technical support, you know, well, what do you have from customer service that you mm-hmm. can transfer over to this job here? Mm-hmm. So I look at it as failure is 
a set of transferable skills that you could take from one um, trial or one project or one effort to another, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that when it comes to like the quote you shared about not losing enthusiasm, I think it's now that we have the maturity, it's how we go into it, right? Mm -hmm. So when I go into anything now, I go into saying, okay, I am going to try this out. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, happens, let's Mm -hmm. go in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that takes all the pressure off too, Absolutely. because then you're going into it now just saying, I'm going to try it. And if I'm good at it, great. If I'm not greater, I'm going to go to something else. Mm-hmm. But I think that also makes it more manageable. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get down on yourself. You don't waste time having to recover from the last failure and losing three months of your life in depression and eating popcorn, watching Netflix. You move on to the next thing. You know what I mean? Because I feel like when we feel like we failed, that's where we lose time. Yeah. Right? We lose time in the recovery. That's right. So the quicker you can recover is the quicker you'll get to the thing that you're good at. Yes. Yes. And amen. I love that. So um, we're talking about, you know, having to recover. Uh, What was an unexpected loss that you had to deal with? Oh, there's a few. Um, I would say, oh my goodness, I would say it happened. I say the most recent one was with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I say that in the sense of it was very gradual and I didn't see it coming Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it was happening. But when I hit that bottom, I was like, wow, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And so I think the loss, quote unquote, was like I said, losing everything that was comfortable to me, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. From job to family, Mm -hmm. to faith community, to, you know, the social things that I rely on to feel better about myself, like going shopping, getting my hair done, going to the gym, you know, commuting downtown with my fancy Starbucks cups, like Mm -hmm. all that was taken away when the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. all of it. Mm -hmm. And so realizing at a second, like, okay, well, so I was doing all this stuff, and I don't have that stuff and I'm very unhappy. Mm-hmm. So did I rely too much on that stuff? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, I did. So what do I have left right now? I have me. And who am I? Am I happy with myself? Am I happy with where I am in my life, in my finances, in my spiritual walk? Mm-hmm. And the answer to all of those was no. Wow. I was not happy. And so I am so thankful for the the loss because it was an opportunity for me to see that I was actually losing when I thought I was winning and now I'm winning when I thought it was a loss Mm. that is awesome it reminds me of something that my therapist said to me because like I I hit rock bottom uh, last year too in a very almost devastating way and um I said to her I'm like you know Ever since that happened, I've been drawing closer to God. I've been really like his word has become literal food to my soul. And she's like, she's like, you know, it's kind of funny because that's how it's supposed to be. Right. We think that our losses are the things that are supposed to bring us closer, but we're always supposed to be that close. But he'll still use those things to remind us, hey, this is where the joy is, right? This is where, so sometimes it's the losing. It's it's the, the stripping off of all of the layers that expose us to the most tender parts. And they're actually the best parts. Um, Agreed. The 100%. fancy Starbucks club. Yeah, it looks nice. Your little pencil skirt, hair in a bun, whatever, you know, little suitcase, yep. briefcase, whatever you call it. Um, and it looks cute. You look cute, but there's a lot of people walking around looking good and dying on the inside, like empty. Dead. Mm-hmm. dead mm-hmm. yeah and you know it's so funny because even now um I don't have a desire to go back to that I don't have a desire to go back to the commute I don't have a desire to go back to the you know running to the hairdresser and those things do I want to do them yes but mm-hmm. I'm very very conscious that I check myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so I want to buy some you know some new shoes so to speak right mm-hmm. why do I want these shoes is it just because I saw someone else with it? Do I think it's going to make me feel better? Because mm. it's not, they're just shoes. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I check myself now. Mm-hmm, I still mm-hmm. do nice things for myself. I still buy myself things, but I am much more intentional now when I do something and I'm much more present of why am I doing this, Dawn? Why do you need this or want this? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it also made me a lot more thankful. Mm. And so by that, I mean, like, I don't know, 
I guess you can relate, I'm sure. My mini humans are loud. And like, I only have two. And mm-hmm. they, girl, they can make so, sometimes I'm like, how many do I have? Because I don't know how two of them can make so much noise. You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. then when they're having fun, they're having a party. And then my husband jumps in, he puts the music on. I'm like, do we live in a club? Like, <laughs> what's happening here? You know what I'm saying? And even now, before, I would be like, I need quiet, I need quiet, I need quiet. And yes, there are times when I'm working and I need some quiet, but I don't let the noise bother me mm-hmm. because in the pandemic, I was hospitalized for three months and I was away from my family. And it was dead silent all day, every day. And I hated it. And mm-hmm. so it taught me that that noise that I was always complaining about is such a blessing because it reminds you of the people that are in my life. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And so I think one of the things that also strips when you get to bottom is perspective. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think we need to keep that perspective on our way back up because then we don't get to that place again of like, oh, well, reading my Bible and spending time with God is like a checklist thing. I should do that. Mm-hmm. No, I need to do that. And I have to do that mm-hmm. or I won't be able to make it. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says, as a deer pants after the water, mm-hmm. so my mm-hmm. soul longs after you. It's like oxygen. Yes. And if I don't have time with God, and if I don't have his word, I will not be able to survive like air. I need it. Absolutely. Yes. And amen. So um, you said something about being in the hospital. We're going to we're going to yes. we're going to talk about that's Sure. want to give a little warning for those of the people listening who may be triggered by um, infertility and challenges with pregnancy. This is what we're going to talk about now. Um, You've had to endure a lot of personal challenges when it came to um, becoming a mom. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So talk about things not going according to plan. And again, um, at that point, it was like, you know, okay, you got married, you have a kid, is what you do you buy out like there's just the plan right there's mm-hmm. this whole life plan that somebody somewhere wrote down mm-hmm. and we all subscribe to it in north america mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so um <clears throat> excuse me um we literally said we're gonna have a honeymoon baby right i got married when i was uh 36 mm-hmm. so i said you know what no time to waste let's go because according to the doctors i am maternally geriatric yeah right? like i'm over the hill better just wash it up. The eggs have canes and they can barely make it down the, the fallopian tube, right? Like that's the way the doctors talk to you, right? Wow. They literally tell you that you are of geriatric maternal age. That's an I actual term. I wonder what they would have said to Sarah though. <laughs> no, they would have said to her, first of all, you're crazy. Go home, ma'am. We're going to give you a psychiatric evaluation and here's some medication. They would have medicated her. Hands down, they would have given her some medication and they would have locked her up. They would have locked her up. Hands down. Hands down okay i'm dying hands down (laughs) anyway sorry (laughs) so the doctor said you have geriatric eggs and then basically like it's probably not going to happen um we tried for i want to say three four years and i'm I'm talking about like not just here and there like every single month Mm. and either we wouldn't get pregnant or we would get pregnant and i have a miscarriage Mm. so it just came to the point where I was so almost used to losing. Mm. I didn't ever expect to win. I was like, well, we'll keep going, but this is never going to work. So I stopped believing that it was actually even possible. Mm -hmm. And when the doctors were like, you know, maybe you should explore like adopting or, you know, people would say stuff like get a dog, you know, and no hate to the dog lovers out there. When you want a child, you can't necessarily replace that with anything. You can't buy a new house. You can't buy a new diamond ring. You can't buy a dog or a cat or a pet or a car. Nothing's going to replace that feeling when you want it that bad, mm-hmm. you know? And so I literally got to a place that's where I was very, very depressed. I was in a deep, dark depression. Mm. I would walk around with my Starbucks, my pencil skirt and everything and give everyone that impression, not because I wanted to hide it as much as it was. I just don't want to talk about it because if one more person tells me that, you know, um, I need to do this or I need to do that, or it's this, this is the problem, or here's this tea, drink this tea or use this lotion or mm. have, you know, Miss Cleo talk to you and give you like all that stuff was just getting too overwhelming. And I was like, no, one's going to read my palm and tell me how to have, like, just leave me alone, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the shame part came in, right? Because everyone around me is on their second, third, fourth kid. And I haven't even had one. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was behind schedule. Mm-hmm. I got to catch up because I'm behind. And so um, fast forward a little bit. 
um, I just said, you know what? I again back in a bottom place. What did I do? I went to the Lord. I'm like, I'm empty. I'm done. I have nothing, and I'm gonna give this into your hands. If this is not gonna happen for me, I need you to give me peace because I can't spend the rest of my life chasing something that I'm not gonna have. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna have it. I will accept it as long as it's what you want for me. Mm-hmm. If it's not what you want for me, mm-hmm. then make a way. Mm-hmm. And that's I just left it at that. And I told my husband too, I want to take a break. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. Leave it alone. A month later, I was pregnant. Yes. And that pregnancy stuck. Mm-hmm. And that is Jeremiah Jabari, our oldest son. Yes. Praise God. And that pregnancy does, instead of enjoying it and taking all the lovely pictures, mm-hmm. every moment of every day, I spend in an anxiety and fear because I'm like, it's not going to work. It never did before. Mm-hmm. Why would this one work? I'm going to lose him. Yeah. And then going to the ultrasounds and they say, well, he's measuring a little small, probably not going to be viable. Don't get excited. Don't tell your family. Oh, wow. And that was the entire pregnancy. Wow. And then I gave birth to him and it was through emergency C-section because I almost lost him. So again, mm-hmm. that constant, like, you know, I, I, I describe it as you're driving in bad weather. You are gripping the wheel and your shoulders are up. Mm. I was like that for 10 months. Mm. That's how I walked around and felt like all the time. Yeah. And so after he was born, I'll be honest, it probably took me eight months to a year to feel a connection to him because I still felt like something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's going to die. He's mm-hmm. going to pass away. He's not going to be here. I'm not going to actually have a successful pregnancy that leads wow. to me having a child. Mm-hmm. And so it took that long from the shame and processing everything to get through, to realize that he's mine. He's not going anywhere. I'm a mom. I have a son. And so that's when things began to click and I began to come out of the depression, out of the shame and really move forward and kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. And then we tried again a few more times. It didn't work. And then again, the pandemic hit, you know, everything was stripped away. We lost everything. And again, I was back at the bottom and what sometimes just a side note what sometimes amazes me is like how do we keep getting to the bottom like we didn't we learn the last time kind of thing you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like yeah. how do we keep getting to the bottom you know mm-hmm. and so um the long and the short of it was we did get pregnant again and because of my age this time I was sorry last time I was 40 so I got mm-hmm. pregnant at 40 of my first successful pregnancy this time I was 44 gonna be 45 mm-hmm. and they're like well you're old like this is gonna be really risky do you want to even do this? You might want to terminate this pregnancy. There's Down syndrome. There's other birth defects. There's brain deformations. Like, do you want to do, do you want to have this kind of kid in your life? It's a lot of burden. Wow. And I'm like, uh, I'm okay. Okay. Well, we'll do all the testing for you to figure out whatever, whatever. And my husband, I took a very strong stance and said, no, we don't want any testing for Down syndrome and all that stuff because our plan is to keep him regardless. So why, try to figure that out now and then stress about it when he arrives we'll figure it out Mm -hmm. and so it was a a faith walk but it was a bit easier this time and I think that's because all the things I relied on were stripped away Mm -hmm. and I actually didn't have a lot of people feeding into my ear telling me things Mm. because we're in a pandemic we're locked up in our house I can't talk to you that much anyways yeah yeah, and so I was very mindful of who I follow on Instagram who I listened to, what I watched on TV to protect that piece. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to, I think we were all six months in, my water broke early at home. And so I had to go to the hospital because it's like, here he comes, your water broke. Mm-hmm. And again, I spoke to the Lord. I said, God, honestly, I cannot handle emotionally having a little tiny baby hook up to all these machines and going, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do that by myself mm-hmm. because in the pandemic, only one parent could be there. Yeah. And I said, right now, I do not have the strength to do that alone. I would need my husband here and he can't be here with me. So please do something against all odds. They said, this baby will come out within the next seven to 10 days, prepare yourself and get ready to have a newborn. That's um, what do you call premature? Mm-hmm. Here I was 10 weeks later in the hospital. Still the baby wasn't born and they could not understand how can somebody's water break the child be healthy and the water keep replenishing to full to the right level, even wow. though it's leaking. So yes. my water kept replenishing yes. and re- they check the levels every 48 hours. And they're like, it's leaking, but it's back to normal. It's leaking, oh, but it's back to yes. normal. It's le- and I'm like, you know what? I don't know. And I don't, I don't care, but this kid cannot come out until he's ready to come out. Mm-hmm. 37 weeks, 
That's what we're going to do 37 weeks. So I ended up with uh, gestational diabetes, high blood pressure and all the things. But that time in the hospital, again, taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. I had to go back to the basics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My husband couldn't visit me. I couldn't see my son. It was FaceTime Christmas, FaceTime New Year's, mm-hmm. FaceTime everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, Jaden, Jaden Judah, the Lord has heard our song and our praise. Yes. He came uh, five days earlier than we wanted, but mm-hmm. he was okay. He was a preemie at six pounds, 11 ounces. So he was like the beefiest preemie there. Yeah, no yeah, machines yeah. required, mm. no nothing. We took that. him home within 48 hours, you know? Yes. And um, he, epitomizes what I went through in that time. He's opinionated. He's strong. Mm. He doesn't business what time of the night it is. I'm going to let you know how I feel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas Jeremiah was very quiet. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to baby proof anything. Jaden's the opposite. We knew he was ready to eat food because we weren't looking. Put some chicken down for Jeremiah. He grabbed a piece, put his mouth, started eating it. And I'm like, okay, I guess you're ready for solid food. Because <laughs> that's what you did. You know? And so. I just have to give God thanks mm-hmm. because against all odds, he said yes. Yeah. And I now um, put out calls on social media, as you've seen, uh-huh. to pray for other women. Yeah. And in my last call, 80% of the women on my list are now holding their babies, which is phenomenal because yes. I try to tell people, if God will do it for me, he'll do it for you. It doesn't mm-hmm. care how old you are. It doesn't care about nothing. You know, um, one of my closest, dearest friends had a baby at 47. Yes. perfectly healthy, uh-huh. amazing. She's doing well. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was like that encouragement of don't listen to the geriatric stuff the doctor's going to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't listen to all that because mm-hmm. there was a time when 47 was a teenager, right? Like in the span of our life as yeah. humans, like you said, Sarah had a kid at 99 yeah. and they probably consider her to be like teenage pregnancy. Like you're kind of young. People <laughs> have kids at 130. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are you having kids at 99? And again, yeah. it's all perspective, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Perspective. So if you, if your lifespan is going to end at 38. Mm-hmm. When you're 35, yes, you're old. Yeah. But if God's days for you are till you're 120, yeah. when you're 35, you're just starting your life. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so the perspective is, I believe that God has blessed me with a long life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I could have first established my career, struggle with infertility for a little while mm-hmm. and have kids at 40. I will live to see my grandchildren and hold them. Amen. I will be here long enough for yes. that yes. because he's a good God. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. You know, I know that I don't know the number of days for me, but I believe that God is not going to give me a child and then rip one of us away from each other. Just like that. It's not his will. Mm-hmm. It's not his will. Mm-hmm. And so that was my story, the Coles notes version, my, yeah. my journey with it, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, even like I said, even after a loss and having a child doesn't solve everything, you still have to deal with some of that, like mental part of, are you still going to be here? Is anything going to happen to you? And you get, mm-hmm. you can get a little bit overprotective of your child. So Absolutely. To speak. But I've learned to walk that balance out because even women that haven't had a loss sometimes can get protective with their kid. It's normal, you know? And so, yeah, <laughs> it's normal, right? right yeah. And so I am gentle with myself now. Mm-hmm. I take time with myself as a mom. I'm gentle with my kids. I'm gentle with my husband. Mm-hmm. We're growing, we're learning and we're having fun now on the journey. Mm-hmm. Right. Because sometimes it's like, I've never had a five year old. Oh, I've never had a six year old. Oh, yeah. I've never had a seven year old. What yeah. do we do? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So yeah. I just, t- I've never had two kids at the same time. So what do we do? We just figure it out mm-hmm. day by day. We figure it out. Some days we eat amazing, healthy, vegan, organic food. Some go. days we're in a drive through and That's we're all inhaling saying. while we're driving somewhere. It, it's balance. It's balance. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> right? you have two cookies in each hand. That's also balance because. Thank you. Because right? you don't want to have one cookie in one hand and be saying, Right. <laughs> don't want the left hand to be jealous of the right hand. You got to. You... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, my goodness. Um, when you were walking through these difficult times, you said you were in a place of depression. Did you know it? Did you know that you were depressed Did, or was it kind of looking back? You can see, wow, I was really in a dark hole there. In the moment, I just felt like something's wrong with me. Snap out of this. Come on, move on. Like, mm-hmm. you, you got things to do. You don't have time to sit down and feel sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I'm like, man, Don, you were in a rough place and you were being rough on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and you didn't know better. 
because you're you've been taught pick up your bootstraps keep going mm-hmm. don't give up don't don't quit don't hand in the towel but somewhere along the way somebody forgot to tell us especially as women take breaks yes it's okay mourn feel the feelings mm-hmm. grieve the pain and then you're equipped to move on mm-hmm. just don't stay there for mm-hmm. too long mm-hmm. because then it becomes your normal but feel it man cry scream mm-hmm. talk about it mm-hmm. journal mm-hmm. burn the journal do what you have to do but stop pause deal and then move on don't skip over and try to bury it because mm-hmm. then it piles up and mm-hmm. one day you just crash absolutely and you have a breakdown and it's worse mm-hmm. it's a lot worse so unplug and be gentle with yourself that's my new thing now because when i look back i'm like i could have saved myself a lot of pain if i had dealt with the pain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely so like like you that's kind of how i was too i was just the kind of like stuff and go all right, feeling is to stuff it down and go. We don't have time to uh, have these sorrowful feelings. You got four little babies who need you. Stuff and go. And stuffing and going, it seems like a good solution. But when you don't get rid of junk, junk piles up, right? And so w- I remember that moment when I realized that I'm going to have to face all of this junk absolutely overwhelming. But you know what? Now, as terrifying as the experience was, I am so glad that it all came out (laughs) because now there's space to be at peace. There's space to think there's space to process There's safe. There's space to be safe. Right. And so I think it's really, um, I like that you said that, that we need to remember to rest. And I, as you were saying that, because I always say at the end of my episodes, don't give up keep going, but I'm going to add, make sure you rest if you need to, because we we forget that part. Um, We think that resting is for lazy people. Resting is for people who have no ambition. Actually, no, God rested on the seventh day. So rest is a part of the plan too, right? And he's been here for eternity. So if anyone should be tired, it should be him. No, Yes. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, because I cook a meal Right. I sterilize some bottles. I'm ready for a nap. Right. You formed the earth. You know what I'm saying? Put destiny in place, made every unique snowflake, and you took one day off. So, yeah, <laughs> I deserve a couple weeks to take a break. You know what I'm saying? In yes. perspective. Yes. In perspective. In perspective. When you look at it that way, it makes sense. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Let's take a rest. Let's take a breather. <laughs> we definitely need a breather ever so often. And you know what I find sometimes as moms, especially, we feel guilty for taking that break, right? Come on. We feel like we have to be the end all and be all of the whole entire household. And if ever we step down for a minute, everything will crash because we're holding it all together. Um, and that's actually what I'm learning, mm-hmm. very prideful. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says pride come before a fall. Mm. And it's very prideful because I'm like, oh, well, if I don't do it, it won't get done. Mm. Then you need to rechange the way your household runs. Yes. Because if that is the fact, then something's really wrong. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in the hospital for three months, all of a sudden, what if my husband didn't know how to do laundry? What if he didn't know how to cook? What if he couldn't bathe my son? Mm-hmm. I would have come back home to a nasty, hairy kid. Like with, a hoarder. You know what I'm saying? With a hoarder, my house would have smelled like what, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. no, you do it because you think you have to. But you can A, ask for help and mm-hmm. say, listen, we need to rejig things around here because I, I feel unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Or B, if I'm going to do this and I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. there's some nights my family eats off paper plates. Yeah. And I will say that on the top of the mountains and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Or so much shame because I'm like, oh, how's my kid going to grow up thinking he's eating on paper and have no money? No, after dinner, I can play with you because I don't have to go stand up and wash dishes and daddy can play with you because we're not. So where do you want to invest your time? Mm -hmm. Is now how I look at it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. One of my girlfriends got a housekeeper and she's like, I can't tell nobody because people make me feel so shame. I'm like, please, I, you're goals, right? You are goals. Absolutely. These people come in and you cock up your foot while they push it back and clean it under your foot once a week. They do the baseboard, the 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 bottom of the window. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. please. That is goals. Mm-hmm. Because yes. when I look at it, people think of it as laziness. No. What do you value and where do you want to spend your time? That's I want it. my time to be spent with my kids, my husband, investing in myself mm-hmm. and my business. Mm-hmm. So when you add up all of those things, mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, I am the number one user of Instacart in Canada. There they you need to go. sponsor me. 
<laughs> they need to sponsor me. I'm gonna call Instacart. I'm gonna at you in this when this publishes and let yes. you know you need to sponsor me. Absolutely. You need to sponsor me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I stopped going to the grocery store. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I never liked it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Number two, I just didn't want to fight with the people. The last time I went to the grocery store, March 11th, 2020, when the pandemic broke out. Wow. Someone tried to punch me in the face when I tried to grab some toilet paper off the shelf. I almost got in a fight with three people. And I said, you know what? This is not my calling. It's not my calling. I am not going to go out and get an arrest record yeah. or hurt at a grocery store. This Over is not a can me. of beans. It's not. Right? This is not my calling. And then after that, it was a number two thing I hate. Lining up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. lining up for three hours to go to the Costco. So I'm lining up to give you my money. No, doesn't doesn't compute in my brain. Yeah. So yeah. you know what? Instacart, people are like, oh, isn't it more expensive? Mm, I saved three hours. Yes. And when, you know, Margaret or whoever it is messaged me and says, hey, Don, they're out of this kind of bean. Do you want this kind of bean? Oh, they sent me a picture. Yep, I'll take that bean. Thank you so much. Or you know what? No, I'll take a refund today. Great. Great. Yes. Because now my five-year-old can go in the Instacart computer. Mama, can I add these snacks? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. And then hit send. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. it works well. It works Absolutely. well. And again. I don't feel guilty about it. I, at first I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, how shameful is this? I can't even go to the grocery store. What kind of mother am I? What kind of wife am I? Nah, boss. Nope. You see, that's Proud. the thing. I feel like we Proud. think there's an award for the the most amount of struggle. Like whoever can struggle the most <laughs> is going to get a reward. No, that is not the name of the game. There is no award for struggling the most right? No. Now there's struggle. Yes, we do have to struggle, but we're struggling with intention. And if we can alleviate our struggle somehow, we don't need to put ourselves, listen, I, I'm looking at you and I'm like, how do I start doing Instacart? Because I don't really like going to the grocery store either. (laughs) If it was a fun outing where you could go and say, Hey, I put in my earphones and I do a podcast and my Mm -hmm. husband keeps the kids. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. Yeah. What do you want to buy myself? I don't like grocery shopping. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like it. I don't like walking down the aisles, looking at the food, packing the cart, mm-hmm. packing the thing, mm-hmm. pack the cart, unpack the cart. I don't like all that. Pack it and unpack. I don't like that. It's yeah. not me. Yeah. So I don't want to do it to begin with. So thank you to whoever created Instacart. <laughs> I am happy to pay the fee and give someone else a job. Exactly. I'm so excited about that. So yes. you know what? God bless Instacart. May their business expand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. <laughs> My my coach actually says we should be spending 80%, if not more, of our time in our zone of genius. And so if we can automate things and take things off of our plate and delegate things and and like just so that we can do what we are supposed to be doing, like that's when we become where we're that's how we get to where we need to go. Is when yep, we're not the spending best version time of ourselves all of the Come other on. miscellany and we're yep. doing the thing that we're good at. I'm yep. not. I'm not good at cleaning. Okay. I, I do it. I like the satisfaction of like, okay, this place was clean. Now, I mean, it was dirty. Now it's clean. I like the satisfaction of, you know, creating a meal when I'm hungry, but do I like cooking every day? I do not. And for me, cause I homeschool is three to five times a day. Sometimes <laughs> I, don't want- I learned that in the pandemic, I became the snack queen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't say to school with this many snacks. So right? why is why it when you're at home, hungry? you need 17 snacks? Why are you always hungry? Like, what's going on? What's happening? Yeah. And then people said, oh, put it at their level so they can get it. No. And then they eat the whole box in one day. This so that didn't work. No. So you know what? No, no, we're not. That's not what we're doing. And like you said, I can clean very well. But I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I would rather be writing my book or recording my podcast. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So I love your coach's philosophy of spending 80 per time, 80% of your time in the genius zone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's free up more time. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My husband and I, our most recent purchase to make our lives better was the Instapot. Yes. <laughs> one Girl, time. Yeah, when I on. tell you, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And my husband enjoys it so much. He says, you know what I want to do? I want to um, get all the meat. I want to season it, prepare it and put it in bags and write on there what it is. So every night we have dinner, we can just dump it in the Instapot. And I said, you know what? The Holy Ghost is moving in here. I went to Instacart, ordered all the things that he was asking, including the Ziploc bags with the marker. Okay. They were delivered two hours later. And I said, here you go. There you go. So now we just have all the meals we need for the next three weeks. Look at that. Hallelujah. Amen. 
know what I'm saying? Yes. The anointing was rich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. So what would you say is the most important thing to remember in a season when things aren't going according to plan? This is not the end. Mm -hmm. It will not last. Mm -hmm. It's going to change. And the longer you're in this place is the closer you are to getting out of this place. Yes. Mm, It's temporary. So would you go ahead and share some encouragement for women, a woman, a sister, many sisters who are walking through a season of disappointment and unexpected challenges? It's going to be okay. You are way stronger than you think. Learn the lesson. There's always a lesson in everything and take that lesson with you. It doesn't mean you're bad. doesn't mean you're wrong. Just take the lesson and run with it. Don't stay here. Keep moving. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But the key there is, though I walk through, you are walking through. You are going through. This will not be the end. This will not define you. You are walking through. So keep walking. If you need to take a break, take a break. Need some water, drink some water. Need a day to unplug and watch Netflix, do that. Call into work and say, I'm taking a mental health day. I will not be there today. Wrap up in your blanket, watch a Netflix, cry, do what you have to do, but don't stay there. Put a time on your downtime. Mm-hmm. So when you feel like you're out of it and you're sad and you're down, it's okay to do that. Just don't stay there. Mm-hmm. I heard, um, a famous actress, Jennifer Aniston, she's been through heartache and different things publicly. And she said she always gives herself 24 hours, mm-hmm. 24 hours to cry and be mad and, and cuss and do what she has to do. But then she doesn't, she doesn't let it prolong. After that, I got to get up and I got to go. Mm-hmm. So maybe you need five days, take five days, take whatever time you need, but set, set a timer on the downtime. Um. <clears throat> The reason why I ask this question at the end of every uh, episode is because it's usually for me first. <laughs> the selfish request. <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth. And it's all good. That was exactly what I needed to hear right now. So praise God for that. Before we go, would you go ahead and share where people can find you if they want to get in touch with you or anything that you want people to know about you, your services? Share with us everything we need to know about how we can get in touch with you. So the main place to find me is on I am Don Brown at Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's my main hub right now. Um, I am doing some rebranding this year, like you said, because of all that I went through and all that I've learned. And I mm-hmm. feel like, you know what? Right, my brand right now doesn't accurately reflect all that I've picked up along the way in my journey. And so I'm switching over to teaching people how to come out. How to come out of the depression, how to come out of the pain. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came out of was people pleasing. And you'd be surprised how many people pleasers there are out there to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. And most of them, I would say that I have met are women because it's a thing that we are taught almost like an unsaid understanding that, Mm -hmm. no, you will do this path along life. And if you don't do this, you're not a woman Mm -hmm. or you're not enough or you're not good enough or you're failing, like you said, in some areas. Mm -hmm. And so you can find me on Instagram and um, tune in because coming in March, I will have another podcast. Right now, I have one with my husband called The Other Side of My Bed. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have one uh, just for myself. And it's going to be talking about how to come out, how to get out, how to get up, how to move on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also putting out an ebook about being an ex people pleaser coming in March yes. and uh, doing a few webinars. So join me. Um, it's going to be a great journey, but I'm going to tell all how to get up and how to get out because we stay in the wrong places for far too long. And I think it's time that we get up and we move on and do what we need to do. Yes. Yes. Don, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, I knew it was going to be exceptional and I'm not disappointed. So we will chat somewhere on the internet sometime soon. <laughs> but I want to just say thank you for having me. And thank you for making it to season four. Like that's tenacity. That's the, okay, I got to learn how to edit. Okay. I got to learn how to get a better microphone. Okay. That's doing it. I remember when you started with your cell phone, I want to applaud you for making this platform, making this way, getting the message out. But like, 
sis, you're doing okay, mm. you know, and you're doing a good job. Thank and you. it's amazing because I know that when I go onto my feed, you're one of the people that I call a staple. She's going to be there with a quote, with a picture, with a food recipe, with a coffee. With, <laughs> she's going to be there. Des is going to be there, you know? And so you are providing a consistent place for women to also feel safe. So thank you for this platform. Oh. Thank you for having me on your show. And thank you for being yourself and for showing up for all of us. So we appreciate you. Des. Oh my goodness, that means so much to me. I'm going to get off now before I start crying. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, wasn't I telling you the truth? Wasn't that such a good conversation? Honestly, Don is one of the most inspirational people that I know. I would love to hear, what was your biggest takeaway from today's conversation? Mine was when Don said, um, put a time, put a time stamp on your downtime. I loved that. Um, I feel like it's really important that we do take time to rest, but we have an intention to get back out of rest. We're not going to go endlessly resting, right? Anyway, uh, I think it really ties in beautifully to next month's um, topic of discussion. Next month, I'm going to be talking about burnout. Now, March has five Tuesdays. Um, so I'm giving myself the first Tuesday off. So March 2nd, there will be no episode, but the following Tuesday, I'm going to be starting our conversation about burnout. And I think that's really cool because we talked about the need to rest and the burnout is a result of, or a symptom of not taking the time you need to rest. And at the end of March, I actually have a really awesome conversation with another guest and she is sharing her perspectives her experience and advice about burnout and how to recover well from that i mean this season we learn how to recover okay the season four is all about healing recovering creating strategies for being successful at our pursuits and if you are here for that then you are you are in the right place anyway now if life doesn't feel very successful where you are right now, that's okay. If it's okay if it feels hard, it's okay if you feel stuck. But I want to remind you, it's not going to stay that way forever. Make it up in your mind not to give up. We are team no quit. So if you need a break, take a break, but then get back in the game. Don't give up. But one day you're gonna look back on this time and marvel at how much you have grown. It might not feel like it right now, but sis, you're doing okay. I'll talk to you soon.